I was going to come over, Max. Come on in. Thanks. You're doing me a big favor. You know, I never knew that you were interested in firearms. Oh, I've made a hobby of them, you know, just like Charles. Takes the board, I'm out of flying. Well, I'm very grateful to you. Charles has been gone for some time, and it was a good idea of yours. His collection is beginning to look a little rusty. Look, see if he's soft. Uh, hey, you're right. It's a pretty fine collection your husband's got. He brought quite a few of these back from Europe. That's a Belton rifle, eh? Hey, here's a tip. Never seen one of these before. Well, that's a Swiss rifle. It loads through the stock. How about this little twenty-five caliber automatic? Oh, that's a Belton Browning. One of those five-shot gadgets. Hey, Matt, do you think this gunsmith of yours can fix all these so they're in good repair? Yeah, sure. He won't have any trouble at all. Of course, Charles might not like my handing these. Well, old friends and Eddie won't mind a bit. Oh, very well, then. Well, take them along, Max. When will they be ready? Uh, about a week, I should say. Won't Charles be surprised? Hello, long distance. I want to press a call to Plaza 59970, New York. Plaza 59970? Yeah. I got the Browning automatic for you. You owe me 1,000 bucks. This is Steve Granger, private detective, with a story about a little gun that made a trip from California to New York, where it committed murder and set off as fancy a frame rule as I've ever seen. In just a moment, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. This is Granger. I was seated in my office with a young woman opposite me, a fresh-faced girl of about 27, named Annette Sanford. She sort of had a cheerful smile on her face to go with the complexion. But then people rarely smile when they pay a visit to a private eye. Mr. Granger, I want you to see my husband charged of a murder charge. Murder charge? Where? When? Right here in New York. And the killing took place just a few days ago. But I know that Charles can't be guilty, even though the police have a lot of evidence against him. Give me some details, Mrs. Sanford, then I'll know if I can help or not. Very well. The murdered girl was a friend of mine named Nina Prince. She worked for an airline. Yeah? I asked Charles to drop in and bring her a dress, I promised her. I was out of town at the time. I traveled for a living. Yeah, go on. Well, this is what happened, according to Charles. He's always very meticulous about messages, so he took the dress and went over to Nina's place. He knocked on her door, and when it was opened, he said straight into the eyes of the police officer. Who are you? What do you want? What? Uh, well, my name is Charles Sanford. I, I brought over this. Oh, holy smoke. Is that Nina? You know her? Well, of course. She, she, she's a friend of my wife. She was a friend of your wife's, mister. She got five bullets in her. She's dead in a herring and a tin. What's your name? Uh, uh, Charles Sanford. Got a card? Some sort of identification? Yes, sure, but, but why? I'm ranking of homicide. Oh, uh, well, uh, here, uh, my, my wallet. It's got my driver's license in it. Thanks. Yeah, California driver's license. You from the West Coast? Uh, yes, Burbank. Got a permit to carry a gun, too, I see. Oh, well, uh, that's more for laughs. It's it's not much of a gun. It's just a Browning twenty-five caliber automatic. Oh, just a twenty-five caliber Browning, huh? Recognize this? Yeah, it's a gun just like mine. Would you mind giving me back my wallet? Don't be in such a hurry. Gun number 4768166. Six. 
registered to Charles Sanford by the Burbank Police Department. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what? And the number on this Browning automatic I'm holding in my hand is 476816. You, you mean that's my gun? Prove something else, Sanford. Hey, I'm getting out of here like this. Oh, no, no you're not. <laughs> you're not going anyplace, Sanford. Oh, I, I don't know anything about this. Let, let me go. All right, mister. Now you can run all you like, Sanford. These, these are handcuffs. And you're under arrest on suspicion of murder. That's the story Charles told me, Mr. Granger. Has your husband got an alibi of any kind? How do you explain about his gun being the murder weapon? Well, I can explain that. Several weeks ago, a man I know in California stopped by to pick up Charles's gun collection. What for? Well, he said he knew a gunsmith who would put them in good shape. I wanted to give my husband a surprise. Who is this man? His name is Max Carey. He's a freelance flyer. Freelance flyer? He owns his own plane. He goes on charter trips. Is he still in California? Because he's going to have a lot of explaining to do about how that gun got to New York. He's in Denver right now. Is he going back to California? I don't think so. I heard he was coming here. You told the police the story about the gun? Yes, I spoke to a Lieutenant Rankin. What did he have to say? Nothing. He thinks Charles is guilty. Okay, Mr. Sanford, I'll drop down and see the lieutenant. Jake Rankin and I happen to be old friends. So you see, Granger, all we have to prove is that Sanford got the gun back. I think you're doing a lot of wishful thinking, Jake. Why would Sanford walk back to the scene of the crime just after the killing? Why would he show you the gun permit? That was an accident. It could also be the act of an innocent man. You contacted that pilot who originally got the gun from Mrs. Sanford? He's in Denver. The airport can't locate him. Then the police are looking for him. Worried, aren't you? Granger, this case is not going to fall apart, and I know it. You don't know anything of the kind. How about letting me talk to Charles Sanford? Suppose I don't. Who's his attorney? All right, all right. <laughs> and pushed a button, told the answering voice to take me down to the cell occupied by Charles Sanford. As the time he opened the door, I got my first look at him. Medium height, sandy-haired man with a frightened expression on his face. <laughs> who, who are you, a, a lawyer? Sorry, I'm not. So your wife asked me to do a little work for you. I'm Steve Granger, private eye. Oh. Now, what about the gun Rankin found in Prince's uh, room? Got any idea how it got there? None whatever. If you're a Californian, what are you doing here? Uh, I'm a writer. I, I got an assignment to come here and do some stuff for a national magazine. Your wife came with you, is that it? Uh, no, no. She, she has a job, job traveling. She, she's an auditor for a chain of stores. She had to come here for several months. It, well, it worked out very well until now. What else can you tell me? Nothing, except I'm innocent. Where were you at the time of the shooting? On my way to Nina Prince's. <laughs> I don't know, Rankin. In my book, Sanford isn't the killer. In the police book, he is. I gave him a piece of advice. You told him to get a lawyer, I suppose. Did I? Granger, why don't you mind your own business? Why should I when other people's business makes a living for me? I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. Headquarters in my 
fretful friend, Jack Rankin, and headed for the hotel where Mr. and Mrs. Sant had parked their traveling bags. When I got Annette Sanford on the phone from the lobby, I asked her to join me in the cocktail lounge. Did you talk to my husband, Mr. Granger? Do you think he's innocent? Very probably, Mrs. Sanford, but it's going to take some proving. If I were you, I'd get a lawyer. Uh, he can get your husband out on bail. Are you sure? That Lieutenant I'm Rankin... just talking. He has no actual proof that your husband killed the Prince girl. The lawyer will have him free in a matter of minutes. Very well, I'll see an attorney I know. Now, uh, how did your husband get acquainted with the Prince girl? I introduced them. I've known Nina for several years. Huh? When we came to New York, I looked her up. What did she do for a living? She was employed by an airline as a supervising hostess. Oh, did she know this pilot to whom you gave the guns? Yes, I believe so. Do you think Max might have killed Nina? Not if he's in Denver. Who else knew the girl who could have known about the gun collection? Let me see. Um, there's Gretchen Holling. She works for the same airline Nina worked for. Yeah. And a pilot named Brian Talbot. He knew about the guns and... Well, I guess that's all. Yeah, thanks, Mrs. Sanford. I'll go to work on these people. And you get that attorney. got some addresses from Mrs. Sanford and started checking on the people she'd mentioned. Gretchen Holling was out of the city, too. Brian Talbot was in New York, but not in his apartment. An apartment he shared with the missing pilot, Max Carey. Late in the day, I got a break. A tip that Carey was on his way back to New York. I ascertained that he would be landing at New York Airport and went over there to wait for him. I watched this certain plane with more than ordinary interest. It rolled to a stop and the pilot climbed down from the cockpit. A tall man with a shock of unruly blonde hair. A pilot named Max Carey. You want to see me? Yeah, yeah. You're Max Carey, aren't you? Yeah. My name is Steve Granger. I want to talk to you about a certain gun collection you got from Mrs. Sanford. What about it? What'd you do with the collection? To my apartment in California. You didn't by any chance bring a 25 caliber Browning automatic to New York, did you? No. I hope you can prove that. Because Charles Sanford is in jail on a murder rap. Murder? A girl named Nina Prince was shot with a twenty-five. It was Sanford's bad luck to walk into her apartment right after the shooting. No, this isn't good. What can I do? A number of things. You can go to the police first, and you can... That won't be necessary, Granger. I'll take it from here. Hiya, Rankin. This is Max Terry, the pilot that took the... I know who he is. Terry... I want you to come down to headquarters and make a statement. You're a police officer? I am, and I want a statement from you right now. Mind if I come along, Rankin? I certainly do. Okay, let's get started. I ignored the lethal look from a surly Lieutenant Rankin and then just trotted like a faithful hound behind him and Max Carey. Down at headquarters, Carey told a straightforward story that had no loopholes anyplace. You say you haven't seen the gun for two weeks. That's right. I've been flying out of New York. That DC-3, your own plane? Yeah. I took on a charter for Denver a week ago. You can prove that, no doubt. Sure, I checked in the Denver airport. You can phone them if you like. Never mind what I like. Let's get back to the gun collection. Look, I told you everything I know. Guns should be in my apartment in California. I live in Burbank, not far from the terminal. <clears throat> right, and could I make a suggestion? Go ahead. Carrie, would you have any objection to the Burbank police getting into your apartment and looking around? Not at all. Anything the police do is okay with me. I left Lieutenant Rankin busy himself over a long-distance call to the Burbank police and went back uptown. I stopped in to see Cal Hendricks. 
fitting the newspaper man might come up with something. Hi, Stevie boy. What gives in the gumshoe game? Well, I got a very weird little case. A woman is shot here in New York with a 25 caliber automatic, which is registered to a man in California. Well, well, the case of the wandering weapon. Right after the shooting, the guy who owns the gun suddenly arrives on the scene. Ah, too good to be true, huh? So I feel. The tale goes on. The guy's wife gave this gun with some others to a pilot friend to have them cleaned as a surprise for the husband. Well, how dumb can you get giving away guns? Now, maybe this pilot's your guy. Uh-uh, he's got an alibi. He was in Denver. The personnel in this case of yours sure do get around the country, don't they? Yeah. Well, is there anything you want me to do? No, I just dropped in a sort of... Uh... Chatted over. Well, that's very flattering, Stevie, but you know, I'm a newsman. I can't live on talk. My editor needs stories, otherwise, I don't eat. So up, up on your feet, friend, and get to it. Well, how do you like that? I walk in here as a private eye, I walk out as leg man for a news reporter. I headed back to my office and made a phone call. Oh, this is Granger. Now, what did they find? The guns were taken, huh? Now, look, I can explain... Let me see that gun. Okay, here. 
Yeah, I thought so. This gun is part of Sanford's collection. You found it here, didn't you? Yeah. You were going to take this beauty and hide it, weren't you? I was not. Because this makes a lie out of Sanford's statement that he hasn't seen any of his guns since he left California. Don't be too sure about that, Rankin. And that gunshot. You know, Granger, I think you did that yourself. I don't believe anybody fired anything at you. Okay, Rankin, here's my gun. If it's been fired, I'll eat it. Bullets and all. I hauled out my own weapon. Rankin made his inspection and grudgingly agreed that it hadn't been fired. We went on a hunt for the would-be killer. But no one around the hotel had seen anyone acting suspicious. Rankin went back to police headquarters, taking the gun I'd found with him. I made my way to the building where Max Carey lived. What do you want? You've been around the hotel with Sanford's lift carrier? No. You didn't call me at my office? Listen, Grange, are you trying to tie me in with the murder of Nina Prince? Uh, you could have faked that robbery of your apartment in California. Don't get ideas, mister. Just stay out of my hair or you get into trouble. Like what? Like my hanging one on your lights, like okay. That's the way you want it. But I'd caught myself a totter, a strong, healthy man who knew exactly what to do with his hands. Now get out and stay away from me. I felt myself for bruises, discovered a few, and got out of the building. I still had a hunch about Carrie, a feeling that he wasn't as much on the level as he seemed. I got a cab and went over to the Newark airport, where he kept his plane. This was the hangar where Carrie kept his ship. I can see a mechanic working on one of the engines. What can I do for you, mister? Are you work for Max Carey? Not in the way you think. I'm Brian Talbot. His roommate? Yeah. He's been having some trouble with one of the engines here. I came over to work on it for you. Why? You want to charter a flight or something? No, not just now. Because no. if you did, he's tied up for the next week. He's taking a run down south. Where? I'm sorry. That's confidential. I know enough about airplanes to be able to tell when a man is working on one of the engines. Brian Talbot wasn't. I got out of sight, hung around, and when he left the airport some time later, I stayed right behind him. When Talbot got back to Manhattan, he didn't head for his apartment, but went downtown instead. I was more than a little surprised when his cab pulled up in front of the rooming house where Nina Prince had been shot to death. I made one mistake. I let Talbot catch a glimpse of me, after which he got back in the cab and went home. I talked to Nina Prince's landlady. By the judicious use of equal parts of flattery and threats, I managed to get into Nina Prince's room. And behind the dresser, stuck to its back, I came up with a batch of letters and a connection between the dead girl and two men. Max Carey and Brian Talbot. I took the letters down to Jake Rankin. So what are these supposed to prove, Granger? Jake, they proved the girl knew both Carey and Talbot. Also, if you get a dictionary and study the words in the letters carefully, you'll find that Talbot had been paying the girl off. I can do it without the sarcasm, Gumshoe. The point is, why was he paying her off? That, my dear lieutenant, is for you and your minions to discover. Okay. I'll have the two of them brought down for questioning. I got a better idea, Rankin. Let me talk to Sanford once more. <laughs> Sanford, you're going to tell me something that might clear you of this murder charge. What do you want to know? How well do you know Max Carey and Brian Talbot? I've known them for several years. Were you ever in business with either one of them? What's that got to do with it? Answer the question. Well, I, I was in with Carey and Talbot for a while, but I, I, I pulled out. Because they were engaged in something illegitimate? Well, I, I, I don't want to say anything that might involve you. 
Remember, you're stuck in a murder rap now. Rankin has really got something in you. He found another gun out of your collection in your apartment. I didn't put it there. I haven't seen any of those guns for a long time. The jury won't believe that. Okay, now let's have it. All of it, the whole truth about your business deal with Carrie and Talbot. What it was and why you pulled out. Sanford gave out, and what he told me made me positive that either Max Carey or Brian Talbot had killed Nina Prince. But it was a small matter of proving my contention. I went to their apartment, hung around outside until they left. With a pass key opened their door. I moved inside and looked around. I really gave that place the one so but found no sign of what I was looking for until I got into the kitchen. There, I came on a round carton of oatmeal. But this container held no oatmeal. Instead, it was filled with just about two pounds of narcotics. I was wrapping the cotton in a newspaper when I heard the noise at the door. Carrie and Talbot were coming into the other room. I shrank up behind the kitchen door. Listen, Max, we got to do something about that Granger fellow. He's finding out things about us. Finding out things about you is what you really mean. You're in this as deep as I am, and don't forget it. Oh, no, I'm not. You mailed that gun to me from Burbank, didn't you? Yeah, but I didn't shoot Nina Prince. That was your little idea. Carrie. Yeah? You're trying to be funny. You wouldn't pull a gag on me, would you? What are you talking about? Just this. If I get caught, you get caught, too, because I'm going to talk, understand, plenty. I could see the two men facing each other in the living room. The air was tense. Max Carey stood in a funny, stiff way. Brian Talbot was facing him, his face white and drawn. You talk about what, Brian? Nobody's got anything on me. Except smuggling. You don't get the electric chair for smuggling. But the penalty is stiff enough, Carey. Couldn't get you two up again. You were listening, eh? I was. Come on, Carey. There are two of us. He's alone. Yeah, don't try. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. Both men had rushed simultaneously. I caught Carey with one shot and let Talbot have it with a gun butt. I phoned Rankin at headquarters and turned the two men over to him. Talbot on a charge of murder, Carey on a smuggling rap. Charles Sanford was released, and I dropped him to see Cal Hendricks. Hey, you got that cat who swallowed the canary look, Stevie. So you have in a minute, my boy. I got your story for you. You lined up the Sanford case? Uh-huh. The pilots, Carrie and Talbot, were guilty. Well, come on, more details. My editor's greedy. He likes all the dope. Dope is right. I got the story out of Sanford in my last talk with him. He'd been in on a deal with the other two. Smuggling. Narcotics? That's it. They'd frame a charter flight to Mexico, pick up a load, and bring it back. And Sanford was in on it? Until he found out what they were really doing. Then he pulled out, threatened to expose them. So they killed Nina Prince, who knew about it, too. They'd been blackmailing them. And framed Sanford for the killing. Not bad, not bad at all. Anything else you know unusual angles on the case? Well, there's uh, one more neat twist. You know how they'd been bringing the dope in? Hidden in the hub of a propeller. That's a new one. Hey, my editor's gonna love this. I'll be able to eat for the rest of next week. Well, you'll do better than that, Cal. You'll feed me, too. Steve Granger again. You've just heard one of the most interesting cases in my files. And I'll have another one for you. So be around next time. Next time.